0: You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. Mm, no,
1: no, no. You lose that game. It's not because you don't have the talent to win these games. It's because you're not executing and you're going to start losing the chemistry and it's all going to come unglued in a hurry. So while the Giants can't afford to lose in Arizona because the upcoming schedule will will bury them, the Bills can't afford to lose this game because you could see them coming unglued at the seams. They feel like they're one controversy away from imploding.
2: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness. Live at Buffalo Wild Wings with your boy Q.
0: Joe Fortenbaugh right there talking about Buffalo not being able to lose. Already talked about the G-men. They can't lose either. <laughs> they lose to Arizona. It'll be a wrap. Man, they'll really, they'll really be able to, to, to lose their mind and call, man, they'll be calling off the dogs early, right? <laughs> they'll be calling out the dogs and then calling off the dogs if they lose that game to Arizona. But, again, that's why they play the games coming up on Sunday. Of course, the Raiders will kick off. With the Buffalo Bills, early game, early kickoff on the West Coast. So uh, wake up bright and early on Sunday and get ready for Raider football week two action. See if they can approve the 2-0 or if they head back to Legion Stadium 1-1. and So we've been asking you the question, what is it going to take for the silver and black to get a win on Sunday? And who do you think we'll be talking about on Monday, good or bad? 702-365-9200, com text line 69187, keyword r Andrew and Henderson, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show.
2: What's going on, Q? I hope you're uh, enjoying those uh, finger looking uh, Buffalo wings out there at B Dubs. So, just three quick points. The first one is I, I'm looking at Josh Jacobs to go out there and have a, a, a good run game. You know, our old line played well last week. So, with the combination of that and Jacobs, you know, kind of getting under his feet, I hope he goes out there and has a good game and kind of solidifies, um, you know, his second game back. The second point is just mistake-free football. I hope the Raiders go out there and have flawless execution, you know, kind of clean up the penalties and things like that, especially uh, kind of the bonehead mistakes that they made uh, on the D line, you know, Hillary, for example, and things like that. Um, And then the last point is just for the defense as a whole to go out there and make a statement in Buffalo. You know, the Bills kind of came off that uh, struggle of a loss last week, but I think this is a perfect game for the Raiders to kind of, you know, go out there and kind of make a statement on offense and defense especially. So those are my three quick points, Q. Uh, have yourself a great weekend.
0: Hey, will do, man. You have a good, good weekend as well. Enjoy the game on Sunday, man. We definitely appreciate the call and really good points. Uh, I like that. Let's keep the party rolling, man. 702-365-9200. Gangster Gangster, you up. What's on your mind?
3: Yeah, what's happening? Um, I think that we need to go in like this is a business hunting trip. And it's a good thing that we're in West Virginia to practice this week because that's good hunting country. And we're hunting buffalo this week. You know what I'm saying? We're hunting buffalo this week, I told you. You hear me? And we need our dogs. When you hunt, you need the dogs out front. When I'm talking about our dogs, I'm talking about Josh Jacobs. We need Josh Jacobs out there. He needs to get at least 100 yards. He need to get his first receiving touchdown this game. And we also need our other dog, the big dog, Max Crosby. You know what I'm saying? We need him to do what he do. I need him to get at least a sack, maybe two. You know what I'm saying? We need somebody. I don't know who. I ain't going to name nobody. But we need somebody to provide some push up the middle. And we need um, Divine Diablo to um, secure that middle. You know what I mean? And we need one of the Marcuses, either Marcus Peters or Marcus Ellis. We need one of them to be our Jordan Whitehead like he was on Monday night. You know what I'm saying? We need one of them or both of them to get multiple turnovers. You know what I mean? And if we do that, if we do that, I guarantee a victory. And we're going to flash on the world because everybody picking buffalo like it's a no-brainer. Oh, they gonna, You know what I'm saying? But they, they wounded. You know what I'm saying? And when you're hunting, you can smell blood. They bleeding. I smell blood. You know what I'm saying? Let's go in there and gut them. Gut them like the fish they are <laughs> and come back home 2-0, ready for our opener against, you know, Crashburg. You know what I'm saying? Imagine that Sunday night. We coming home 2-0 to put that buffalo pill on our wall after we don't win hunting on this business trip. Let's go. Let's get it. We can come home two, two, undefeated, start off 2-0, and maybe 3-0. and You know what I'm saying? But let's not get ahead of ourselves. We got to go hunt this buffalo, and let's go get it. Let's go. Bring it home. I'm gone. Keep it gangster. I'm gone.
0: There he goes. Gangster raider right there. I like that. A business trip. Hunting. And that's what you got to do, man, and that's why they took off early, man. They, they, they've been there all week long in West Virginia preparing for this game, and I just want to see what it looks like afterwards. I want to see how well they came together. I think it is important. It's kind of like an extended training camp like we heard earlier uh, in the show when Sean called us. It's just like it is an extended training camp, and everyone's bonding together. I think that that really is important. But Gangster brought up a good point, and we talked about it on the show yesterday, that everybody picked against the silver and black in this game. Everybody just about. Right, I, I picked the Bills to win the game. I really did, but I don't think that they're going to blow the, the the Raiders out. They're nine point underdogs right now. I don't think that that's going to happen. If they lose, I think it's going to be you know three points, four points. I don't I don't see. If I'm betting man right now, I'm pick, I'm taking the Raiders in the points. <laughs> Let's just put it like that. But to his point, everybody just about is picking against the Raiders. NFL.com, Daniel Jeremiah, Bills, Colleen Wolf, Bills, Adam Rank. Bills. Oh, by the way, he's the guy who said that the Raiders are going to start 0-10. Marcus Grant, Bills. Mark Sessler, Bills. Maurice Jones-Drew, former Raider, Bills. Grant Gordon, Bills. Nick Shook, our guy Nick Shook, Bills. Eric Edholm, Bills. Kevin Patra, Bills. That's just NFL.com. Shall I continue? Sure, I will. ESPN, Stefania Bell, Bills. Matt Bowen, Bills. Mike Clay, Bills. Jeremy Fowler, Bills. Dan Graziano, Bills. Kimberly Martin, Raiders. Kmart, shout out to Kmart. Kimberly Martin, she picked the Raiders. Eric Moody, Bills. (laughs) It ain't going to be no trend. Jason Reed, Bills. Lindsey Theory, Bills. Seth Wickersham, Raiders? Raiders? So two from ESPN pick Raiders to win out of every name I just gave you. How about CBS Sports, just for S's and giggles? Pete Prisco, Bills. Will Brinson, Bills. Jared Dubin, Bills. Ryan Wilson, Bills. John Breach, Bills. Tyler Sullivan, Bills. Dave Richard, Bills. I think it's Dave Richard. Bills. Jeremy Eisenberg, Bills. He's been on the show before, by the way. All right, so that's everybody at CBS Sports. They're all like, yeah, we're good, Bills. Pro Football Talk, Chris Sims, Raiders. Mike Florio, Bills. Sports Illustrated, Albert Breer, Bills. Mitch Goldich, Bills. Claire Kiwana, Bills. Gilbert Manzano, Bills. Now I know why he didn't come on the show today. <laughs> now I know why he didn't come on the show today. Right? Gilbert had that invite. He was like, Q, I'm busy. Pick the Bills. Connor Orr. Bills. John Plyham. Yeah, I think that's his name. Bills. Matt Vertoram. Bills. So there you go. All right, that was the point that we made on the show yesterday. Right up yesterday. It said everyone and their mother, for the most part, is picking the Bills to win. And it's not even close. It's just kind of one of those. That's a foregone conclusion. Oh, the Raiders don't stand a chance. Now, like I said. I picked the Bills because I feel like they're going to come out with their hair on fire. And they're, they're, it's their home opener. They were embarrassed on Monday Night Football. So there's a tons of reasons for them to win that game. But I'll tell you what, I do think it's going to be close. That nine points that they're favored by, that's just, that's just flat-out disrespectful. Right? I mean, that's just flat-out disrespectful. It's like, yeah, y'all don't have a chance. You're going to lose by double, double digits. I don't see that. Now, we could come out on Monday, and I'd be like, well, once again, Vegas got it right. Could be. We'll see. Jim from Yonkers, hit us up on the AdobeBroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, another rule, the guy who hit Myers causing a concussion should sit until Myers is ready to play again. May cut down on cheap shots. Recipe to win, pound Josh Jacobs. Thanks for a great show. That's Jim and Yonkers. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't thought about that. That's a pretty interesting little idea. If you have a personal foul penalty and you cause a player to be concussed and miss time, why not miss some time with them? Hmm. That's intriguing. I like that one. I like that. That's a good one. Man, good, good stuff. Good stuff, Jim. Definitely appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Who else? Uh, Glenn in San Jose. What up, Q? What up, Ari? The key to victory is still on the defense. If Max and company can make Josh Allen think twice about running the ball and force him into making bad throws, Raiders will be 2-0 and for sure. That's Glenn in San Jose. And I think I know Josh Allen will put the ball in harm's way. We've been talking about it all week. We, you know, like Adam Hill said, that's who he is. But do the Raiders, do they have it in them to go get it? They've been working on it all offseason, all training camp, all preseason. Go get the ball. Go attack the ball. Like Gangster Raiders said, go hunt. Go hunt the ball. If they can do that, there's a definitely a good chance to come out of this game with a victory. Gangster also mentioned Josh Jacobs. Uh, here's a couple things to watch for from the silver and black. For Josh Jacobs with five rushing yards, which we know he'll get, Jacobs will surpass Napoleon Kaufman, 4,792 yards for fourth on the Raiders' all-time rushing list. With 100-plus rushing yards, Jacobs would notch his 16th career 100-yard performance, which would pass Clem Daniels, 15, for the second most games in franchise history. His 16 games with 100-plus yards since entering the league in 2019 would be at the fourth most in the NFL over that span. So I pass that along because there's always questions of, well, how good is Josh Jacobs? Was it just a one-year thing? You don't get those kind of numbers that I just rolled out there to you if it's a one-year thing. Josh Degas has been consistently consistent and consistently good since he's been in the league. I know he had the one down year where it was less than 1,000 yards, but for the most part, that dude has been that guy. So that's something to pay attention to. Max Crosby, how about him? With the half sack, Crosby will pass Derek Burgess with 38-and-a-half for the seventh most sacks in Raiders history. With one-and-a-half sacks, Crosby will reach 40 career sacks in 68 career games, just the fifth player to accomplish that feat With the silver and black, the first since, Khalil Mack, 2014 to 2017. So a couple nuggets right there on Josh Jacobs and also Max Crosby. And I got one more for you. How about Daniel Cash Money Carlson? With one made field goal in Sunday's game, Carlson would become just the fourth kicker in NFL history to make 145 field goals in their first 80 career games. With seven points, Carlson would reach 600 career points with the Raiders, one of only six players in franchise history to reach 600 career points with the silver and black. Now, I like that stat for Carlson because that shows that he's been really good, and you got to give him a lot of credit for turning his career around. Remember, he was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings and then cut. John Gruden went out and got him after he was away, and he was an an unrestricted free agent for a while, brought him into the, the, the fold once he got his mind right, and he's been cash money ever since. But what that also tells me on the flip side, the negative part, 145 field goals in that first 80 career games. That means the Raiders are kicking too many field goals. That's the bottom line. The Raiders are kicking way too many field goals. So we, I'm glad that he makes them. <laughs> I'm glad he's cash money. Just don't want to see him that often. You know, that's that's just the reality of it. But uh, that's some good nuggets to pay attention to in Sunday's game. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick, 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy Glenn in Denver. Welcome to the show, Glenn. What's on your mind?
4: What's going on, Q? How are you today,
0: man? I'm blessed, brother. Right on. A
4: uh, couple things, man listening to you talk about everybody that's picking against the Raiders, that's nothing new, man, ever. Nobody ever, I mean, you go back to the Bronco game, nobody figured Raiders to win that at all. So you've got to kind of take that with a grain of salt and just let the cards fall where they may. We're going to be underdogs this whole year, so it's a good place to be. I wouldn't expect it to change. But as far as what, what I hope to see this week, is I hope Tyree can get his feet out of the mud. That that was, watching a lot of video on that, that was bad, man. I mean, watching Max three or four steps into the play before Tyree even moved, that was, that was embarrassing. So hopefully he gets that turned around because we need them bookends with Josh Allen. That has to be contained or else he's going to eat us alive, man. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. I like it. I like it. And, I don't think
0: that many people were going against the Raiders in the Denver game, right? I mean, I think the Denver game was more of a, yeah, I can see Denver winning this game, but I think the Raiders have a chance. And this one, I mean, they're nine-point underdogs. I think there's only one other game that's even close as far as the point spread goes in the league all year long, or all week long, I mean. So I understand what you're saying. And, yeah, the Raiders, you know, a lot of, a lot of people in the media go against, against the Raiders a lot. But, man, this was just an overwhelming one. Like, it was a no-brainer. Like, the way that these guys are even selecting, it's just like, yep, boom, no doubt, Bills, next. So, anyway, but good stuff. Thank you for the call. Appreciate you. Uh, let's go out to Portland and talk to our guy Robert. Robert, welcome to the show. What's on your mind?
5: Thank you. Uh, yeah, you got. It. You made a good point. Um if it was college football, that kid wouldn't even be playing. Jackson, Kareem Jackson. He wouldn't even be playing this next game, would he?
0: Yeah, that's right, targeting. He would have been out for targeting, or at least he would have been out for, uh, for the first half.
5: Man, I mean, that. That should be incorporated. Yeah, because it was a um, it was a purposeful hit. I'm not saying it was uh, you know horrendous, right. but it was a pur- purposeful hit, and now we're down to Renfro because of it. And uh, Denver doesn't suffer one little bit. That's the part that you know irks me. Um, I got a point for you uh, on the field late in that second half of that cardinal game that all of us want to forget about <laughs> yeah you, do you know how many guys are left that were starting on defense
0: um max you got one <laughs> yeah um trayvon merrick so that's two um
5: nope merrick was up he was in and out in that game they had harman and yep. what's his face uh abram playing safeties that game in in the, late in that game so, Merrick wasn't really. He was, you know. Robertson was in. Rock Rockson yeah. was in. Right. Uh, Vickers was in. Billings was in. You know, Javon Brown. Right. Uh, the only three guys are Crosby, Diablo, and Hobbs. That okay. With, that, that that. And I think that that I think that's really special because now they're facing a very mobile quarterback, and you know, if you can't get off the field. I mean, they did a hell of a job with Wilson last week, mm-hmm. and I think that's what's going to happen with Allen. you just got to make him a pocket passer. Do you disagree, or do you think it's not even possible to make him a pocket passer?
0: No, no, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. I would love to see him be a, a pocket passer. I want him to get rattled. I'm hoping somebody rattles him early in the game, and then all of a sudden he tries to play hero ball. Thank you for the call. I appreciate you. Hopefully he starts to play hero ball and starts to trust his arm more than, than he should, and boom, then the Raiders have an opportunity to make a play. That's the thing, man. The Raiders have to find a way to make plays. I think this is, a, this is a two-turnover game minimum. I mean, just straight up. Call me greedy. I think that the Raiders need to find a way to come up with two turnovers. You come up with two turnovers, you win this game, right? Because he's going to put the ball in harm's way. He's going to do that. That's a guarantee. There's going to be, when we talk on Monday again, I promise you, there's going to be some play or plays that we come back and say, it was right there. Either they, did, either they made it or they didn't. If they don't make it, if they don't come up with, with the turnovers, we'll come back and say which plays they were, and they'll be so obvious. I promise you it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. It's good. the ball will be put in harm's way. It's either going to be put on the ground, he's going to be hanging that thing out there, waving that thing, or he's going to throw the ball up where there's going to be a couple Raiders there in position to make a play. The question is, will they make the play? I would say that, yes, they will but we haven't seen it yet consistently, right? We just haven't. All we're going off of is preseason and training camp, and that ain't worth the salt when you're in the regular season. So thank you so much for that. I do appreciate you. Uh, let's see. We got a text from uh, 5280 Raider. Everyone keeps talking about how the Bills are mad. Well, shouldn't the Raiders be mad too? It's not like last year was the best of seasons. I know I'm still mad, but that might be years of built-up frustration. As 5280 Raider. No, I. You know, I don't know if the Raiders should be mad because – this is a new year, so they can't get mad at what happened last year. But what I'll say to that, they should play hungry. And what I mean by that is all those names I just rattled off, and they're not out there playing for those people. They're not out there playing for me. They're not out there playing for, you know, anyone but themselves, the, 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 the uh, symbol on the side of their helmet, obviously the fan base, Raider Nation. But they should be hungry to prove to themselves that they're not that pushover team that they're better than what people expect. Like, that's that's where it's got to go. Like Max Crosby said, and I don't remember how long ago it was, and I don't even know if we still have the audio, but he said that the biggest fight he has every day when he gets up is not with the guy across from him. It's the guy in the mirror. The day he gets up and doesn't want to come to the facility at 5 in the morning, that but he knows he has to to be great. They should be hungry to prove that they are better than what everyone expects. Hungry to prove that. Hungry to go out there. And get it done. That's what I want to see. I want to see a hungry. I don't need to see an angry Raider team. I want to see a hungry Ra- Raider team. Hungry for the ball. Hungry for wins. Hungry for respect. Right? That's what they should do. Be hungry. Let's go back out to Denver. Raider Dave, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother?
1: Hey there. You know, going into that Denver game, I knew. Maybe I'm the only one, according to some other causes, nobody knew that the Raiders are going to win that game. I knew it. Because I'm, I'm smart enough to understand and been able to see nine out of 11 other games. I'm smart enough to understand and see that the front lines of the Raiders have owned the Denver Broncos that long. And nobody's bringing up the fact that there isn't a, a game of musical chairs with the offensive line this year like it was for five mm-hmm. games last year. The yep. Raiders start off 0-3 by playing rotisserie with the offensive linemen. That's not happening this time. And I know that we didn't get a whole lot of uh, run yards because they clogged up all the gaps. Right. Well, guess what? Buffalo is probably going to do the same thing again. That's what happens when you look for film. You find where people are going to go ahead and have problems before and you're going to attack it again. But I think it is the smartest thing I have seen Josh McDaniels and this organization do is to get them out and get them to a place like this where they can concentrate on one of their toughest two games of the year, maybe the toughest game of the year because they know something about a divisional opponent like Kansas City, and they've come close there. But, you know, the Raiders in Oakland used to go to Napa. Heck, when they were down in El Segundo in L.A., they would run back up to Napa. Mm -hmm. Getting the team away like that, Dallas does it to Oxnard, you know, getting them away builds team chemistry, and that was something that hasn't really happened since they've been in Vegas or trying to move out of Oakland. So I really think this was absolutely brilliant. I don't know how the schedule pans out to where they could end up doing this uh, for one of the other East coast games that they have later in the year, but man, I love it. And I think that this thing is just going to be tight all the way down because I do believe that Buffalo cannot change every single thing they did wrong last week. And the Raiders can, you you can change what they did wrong because they did a lot less wrong. Now this whole game plan was a lot closer to the vest and, and keeping it small ball when you know and that that's what ended up having six possessions for each team it's so smart they didn't have any film of what they're going to do this year with Myers they didn't have you know the tight end they didn't have it on on uh, Hunter Renfro either there's a lot of things in this playbook that are going to be opened up early in the year and I think it's by purpose to not show their hand before Buffalo
0: I like it. I like it. Quick, quick question for you, Raider Dave. Let me let me yeah. follow up real quick. Going back to that Denver game, the question I was asking about uh, Raider Nation knowing was the last five minutes and eight seconds. Did you? What was your gut feeling when the Raiders got the ball back with five minutes and eight seconds? Did you, Did you think they were going to hold on to the ball the whole the rest of the game?
1: I I I really
0: appreciate the question.
1: Yes, and because I'm standing on the sideline, doing sideline microphone, and James is right next to me, and I'm looking up at that dog, and I'm going. It's all yours now. You, get you and your crew need to take over. And he looks over at me and nods. I knew it right then that they were not going to get that ball back. Because you've got to be honest, everybody talks about five minutes. It's really only three. You get a first down with two minutes to go. You've already blasted all their timeouts. It's really only three minutes because you can kneel down the last two minutes. So, yeah, I knew. I absolutely knew because I saw the defense of Denver – getting gassed near this and and they were not having any kind of penetration i was i was seeing jacobs get better at what he was doing and i'm glad you bring this up because i've not made this point all week but i don't know if it's mcdaniels and all of this that really makes a difference here but something is different with the luck of this team because when Derek carr went ahead and slid against the jaguars to end that game they called his butt out of bounds
0: (laughs) yeah i know I know, I was there. Great call, great call. Thanks so much, man. Uh, definitely appreciate you. Let's hustle back up. and Go to the phone lines real quick. Raider Tone, welcome to the show. What's on your mind,
5: man? Hey, uh, did the Raiders
6: fly directly from Denver to to um, Virginia, or did they go back to Vegas? Yeah, I was just curious about that. But um, <laughs> maybe you can answer that at the very end. Um, I got. I think when you t- the question was who will we be talking about. We're going to be talking about four guys: okay. Devontae Hunter. I think Hunter's got to get in the game somehow. I don't know. <laughs> 13 snaps last week. He's got to get four receptions, and I think I'm looking for Hoop, Austin Hooper, and Myers is showing up a little bit. I think this is a Jimmy G game that Jimmy G's got to be the, he's got to be on point. And and like you said, this is the obvious one. You know, Josh puts the ball on, the, on on the ground. There's got to be two turns. This is the only way the Raiders win this game. They've got to get in that plus-minus ratio somehow, some way. They haven't been there for so many years. I think this is a key factor. And one other quick thing, um, I was listening to Peter King this morning with the Jets losing uh, bad news with Rodney getting hurt. He's talking possibly, this is way down the road, that the the Raiders game could get flexed. It's way, way, way down the road. But, you know, they play the Jets. You know, hopefully Mm -hmm. the Raiders will be on fire. So there's something I wanted to throw out there. But thanks, Q, for letting me get on the air, man. Have a good weekend. Hey,
0: good stuff, good stuff. And to answer your question about the Raiders, yeah, they, they flew home. And then they flew out. What they did? They flew out or uh, flew in? And then on Monday we had a Zoom call with, uh, with with head coach Josh McDaniels. And as soon as that Zoom call was over, I think he met with JT real quick, and then they were out. So and they've been in West Virginia ever since. But yeah, they didn't fly directly from from Denver to West Virginia, but uh, they just about, they might as well, <laughs> right? I mean, they got there pretty quick, fast and in a hurry. So yeah, and uh, good stuff on the on the call and who we'll be talking about. Those are good guys to be talking about. That is for sure. Uh, let's see. we got a couple more texts that I wanted to get to real quick. Uh, da, 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 da. Jim from Yonkers hit his back. Is brilliant. If an illegal hit keeps, keeps someone out of the games, the hitters should do the same time. I'd even take it one step further. If the player is out for the game as a result of the hit and being illegal, the hitter should have to leave uh, two for fairness. The, the illegal hit occurred, and offending teams should be penalized for the game, not the injured player's team, for instance, losing a key piece as a result. So now you're kind of getting into the weeds, but it's, it's kind of going back to it's kind of going back to uh, going back to college football, right? I mean, if there's a targeting hit, and as much as I hate the targeting rule, if there's targeting, that player gets ejected for the game. And then they've got to sit out for the first half of the next game. So maybe that's, maybe that's the way to go. Maybe they should take it like college football and call it targeting and, and penalize that, that player that does that. Maybe that'll help. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's something that had to obviously be negotiated in the NFLPA and more likely than not they probably would not sign up for that. None of the players want to be out at all, but uh, I think there's something that should be t- done and I think that you guys are onto something with those texts. That's really uh some really good stuff. Uh Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up. Q and A. Q and A. Happy Friday, gentlemen. First off, I know you'd appreciate this, but can you believe that my stepson's baseball buddies had the nerve to want to eat candy and chips in my car? <laughs> I stopped my car and said with a straight face, don't you dare. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's great. Yeah, don't, don't let anybody eat in the car, man. That's against the rules. As for today's topic, here we go. Raiders' key to victory is cut the penalties in half from last week. Also, we need four quarters of causing havoc on Josh Allen, three-plus sacks, two turnovers, and making that offense punt five times. Man, they ain't going to score nothing then. Three sacks, two turnovers, uh, and, and punt five times. Man, that's at least seven, seven trips if they don't do anything. Our offense needs to score touchdowns. I'll take a last-minute field goal, though, to win the game. I believe in our boy Daniel Carlson. Have a great weekend, gentlemen. That's Sir Whiskey Ray. And, yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of defensive domination. If you go and get that many sacks, that many turnovers, and you make them punt that many times, that's definitely dominating in a major way. But thanks so much for that text. I appreciate you. 3.26 at a time. Take a quick break. Come back. Tyler Dragon from USA Today. He'll join the show. We'll talk all things NFL. This is Red Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made to order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game Day six foot trays serve 12 to 16 people so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at Port-A-Subs,
2: It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas.
7: I'm not going to make any of those statements. I don't feel like that's fair to myself. I'm just...
4: uh, Is it a possibility?
7: I think, uh, as Kevin Garnett said, uh, anything's possible. (laughs) Wow!
2: Wow! Live from Buffalo Wild Wings, this is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q.
0: Can I get an encore? Encore! Can I get an encore? Do you want more? Aaron Rodgers right there on the Pat McAfee show earlier today talking about if he's going to make a return after tearing his Achilles four snaps into the 2023 season. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Join us now on the phone lines is my guy from USA Today Sports. as Tyler Dragon. And Tyler, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Let's start right there, man. What are your thoughts? Aaron Rodgers tears his Achilles. It sounds like he's going to try to make a comeback, but he's going to be 40 years old by the time he's trying to do that rehab. It's a tough road. That's a tough uh, road to climb, man. What do you think about uh, Rodgers trying to make a return?
3: Yeah,
7: so you know, given the circumstances, Jets fans have to be happy that Aaron Rodgers is eyeing a return for next season. I know he left the door slightly open for a possible return uh, this year but i have to be honest with you i've torn an achilles before he's not coming back this season
5: no no <laughs> it is
7: uh, at bare minimum eight to 12 month uh recovery time period so that puts him in line for next season and i certainly think he'll be on the field in a jets uniform uh come next regular season at close to 100 percent if not 100%. So what What I heard today from Aaron Rodgers um, was good news for the Jets, given the circumstances um, of him being out for this year after four short plays.
0: Do you think that the Jets need to make a move and bring anybody in, or do you think they should just ride out Zach Wilson and call it a day and see what happens?
7: So I said and uh, they call it X now, I guess, that yeah. <laughs> the Jets uh, should go after Jameis Winston. Mm. Uh, from the New England, uh, I mean, sorry, the uh, Saints. Um, I really do think that he would fit uh, that Jets personnel and that play style uh, very uh, good. If they can uh, give a trade package, uh, you know, with New Orleans for Jameis Winston, that is something that I would certainly highly look into. But with today's news that Aaron Rodgers is on a you know, a return in 2024, I I can see a scenario where the Jets just say, you know what, we're, we're going to uh, stay with Zach Wilson behind center, even though that we all know that he's an erratic quarterback and sometimes uh, he's turnover prone. But uh, he did help the Jets get that surprising win. Um, on Monday night without Aaron Rodgers. He did look a little bit better than the times we saw him before. So if they're going to roll with Zach Wilson, then more power to them. But if it were me and I were the GM, I would uh, make the call to New Orleans to try to get Jameis Winston.
0: You talked about turnovers, and we saw the Minnesota Vikings on Thursday night football turn the ball over four times, including the Justin Jefferson fumble, back of the end zone, not back of the end zone, but out of the end zone. It's a touchback for the Eagles. I hate the rule. What are your thoughts on that rule? Do you think that the NFL should change it, or is it cool how it is? You know,
7: I don't really mind the rule, uh, to be quite honest with you, If, uh, if Justin Jefferson you should know not to extend the ball past the pylon, especially if you don't have a firm grip on um, the football. If you still had uh, three downs at least to score a touchdown, time wasn't really a factor. Uh, with timeouts left late in the second half, and they were within the one-yard line. So live the fight another day. Don't extend the ball out, and we would be avoiding this scenario to begin with, and we might be talking about a different outcome that happened on Thursday night. So I don't mind the rule. It's always been the rule. So players should know that given the situation, given the circumstance, it's not like there were zero seconds left in the clock, and this was a must-get-in, game-winning type situation. So Justin Jefferson should realized that and not sending the ball out.
0: Minnesota's 0-2 on the season. They've turned the ball over seven times in eight quarters uh, do you think yeah. that Minnesota is going to ride this thing out and keep on doing what they do? Or do you think that if they drop a couple more games, they might start to look to unload a couple players, uh, you know, before that trade deadline?
7: Oh, man. Uh, I, I said in my uh, column uh, about the game that the Vikings need to work on ball security. For sure, this was Yeah, in yep. practice. Uh, when it comes to uh, them offloading players, I just don't see it. I know a lot of people are talking about Kirk Cousin, maybe even uh, the judge to call uh, Minnesota about him. But I do think they're going to ride it out. It, it's a little bit too early. They're 0-2. Let's see what they do next week. I believe they play the Los Angeles uh, Chargers at home, so maybe they get a win next week. I mean, there's been teams that have started 0-2, 0-3, or mm-hmm. 1-3 before that have made a run later in the season and made a playoff push. So it's a little bit too early start ringing the alarms and pressing the panic button yet, but if they rattle off, you know, go to 0-3, 0-4, 0-5, then that's when I think you should really look at the teams and see. Maybe we should give them a call to see if some of these players are available.
0: Again, we're talking with Tyler Dragon from USA Today Sports here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary let say roughness. Let's stick with the turnover theme. How about Josh Allen? All we've heard all week long is about the turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. We saw them lose to the Jets a Monday Night Football game. They had no business losing. The Raiders play them. They're going into the belly of the beast. It's the home opener for Buffalo. What are your expectations for them? Do you think that Buffalo is going to come out with their hair on fire? Oh,
7: man, I don't know if it's going to be their hair on fire, but I do have the Bills winning this game at home at their home opener uh, against a Raiders team that you know all too uh, well. Yep. But I really do think that they're motivated to win this game at home, especially uh, what, from what they did last week against the New York Jets. I don't believe Josh Allen has all those turnovers against this Raiders team with a defense that's not as uh, ball-hockey as the uh, New York Jets, and I really do believe that the Bills will get the win on Sunday.
0: What do you think about just Josh Allen and his whole style of play? Again, this is nothing new for him, but I mean, 17 turnovers last year. He's already got four turnovers this year. Is there any way to reel that in and change that up, or is that just, you know, Tigers don't change their strikes, man. That's just who he is.
7: You know, if I'm their coaches, I really do sit down with Josh Allen and tell him that he is hurting our team with that erratic style type of play it's like boom or bust with him uh, nowadays and there are some times where you can take a shot and see what happens and live with the results but it seems like that he is doing it at least like once or twice a quarter now maybe once or twice a game maybe but Josh Allen needs to stop being as erratic with the football and kind of let the game to you. A lot of times he's relying on his big skill, big arm and saying, okay, I can fit that ball there or I can throw beyond the coverage. And these are NFL defensive backs. They get paid, too, and they get paid to make plays. And sometimes he just gets a little bit you know, just gunslinging all the time. And I really do believe that coaches need to reel him in and take what the defense is giving. Because he's really hurting his team. He is the reason why the Bills lost
0: and we One? won. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. He definitely is the reason. Again, four turnovers, you just can't have that, especially against a Jets team that lost their quarterback four plays in to the season. Let me take you back to Thursday night real quick. Uh, we talked about the Minnesota side of things, but on the Philly side of things, they won. They haven't played great, but they're 2-0 so far in the season. What have you seen from Philly early on? Do they look like that team that can make a, another run and, and win that NFC? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's,
7: a sign of a good football team when you don't play your best, but you're still winning. It's mm-hmm. 2-0 for the second consecutive season, and that offensive line is still stout. You look at the running lanes they gave Swift, and uh, uh, Swift had made dividends <laughs> right yeah. running for over 170 yards plus a touchdown. I do believe that that passing game is going to get better. Uh, we saw Devontae Smith had – uh, two long receptions, including a long uh, touchdown reception. So I do believe that the passing game is going to catch up to that rushing offense. And the Eagles are going to be just fine. There's really only one team that I can say right now is probably
0: better than the Eagles in the NFC.
7: And that is the San Francisco 49ers should they played the in last year's NFC Championship game.
0: I agree with that, 100%. That defense for the 49ers is incredible, man. It's flying around. Brock Purdy looks like he's healthy as all get out. I mean, man, what they did to Pittsburgh week one, I mean, Pittsburgh didn't have a chance. They went in there and absolutely dominated. How surprised were you that the 49ers came out and played as well as they did week one?
7: Not surprising at all. Uh, I have the 49ers representing the NFC and the NFC Championship game. I really do believe that they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender still. Well, Brock Purdy, uh, under the center, he gives the 49ers an element that they really didn't have with Jimmy Garoppolo. He, he delivers the ball with accuracy and precision, and he, he's a guy that just makes plays. When you look at that 49ers defense, it's always been stout with Fred Warner and Nick Bosa. The 49ers are for real. I'm really excited about going uh, to the game this weekend at SoFi Stadium when they take on the Rams and see them for the first time this year.
0: Yeah, they fly around, man. That that was what impressed me when I was watching them on Sunday. I was like, man, those dudes, I knew that they were really good. I've been paying attention to them, but it just seemed like they were playing at a, 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 a even faster speed against Pittsburgh on Sunday, so that should be a, a good game. You'll get to see them up close to personal. we we'll stick with the NFC. How about those Dallas Cowboys? They put up a 40-burger on the on the Giants. Man, they just blanked them. They embarrassed them on MetLife Stadium. And then uh, now they, got the, they they got the Jets, right? So uh, how do you see this game shaking out, and, and just what do you think about the Dallas Cowboys in general?
7: <laughs> well, Zach Wilson's uh, life is going to be difficult on uh,
5: Sunday when he <laughs> plays
7: that Dallas Cowboys defense. I really like the way. That they opened up the season, uh, mm. putting up a 40 piece on the Giants, and really that defense is the reason why. And I believe that the defense is going to carry them uh, against the, um, you know, the New York Jets, and they're going to really ha- have their way against Zach Wilson and that, you know, offense that really has trouble moving the ball, especially without Aaron Rodgers under center. And the Cowboys—they're one of the few teams in the NFC that could legitimately play in the conference championship game. I do believe that they're a, a notch below the Eagles in their own division and especially the 49ers in the conference. But the Cowboys, I would say they're the third-best team in the uh, conference overall behind the San Francisco 49ers and the Eagles.
0: One quick question for the AFC. How about those Miami Dolphins? Uh, Tua had 466 yards. Uh, the Dolphins were winning the shootout against the Chargers. Uh, what do you think about Miami, especially now that, that Aaron Rodgers is down for the Jets? Are they the favorites now in the AFC East?
7: I have to say so. I think uh, Tua and Tyreek Hill are still catching uh, passes uh, <laughs> the Chargers. I mean, the way Tyreek Hill was catching passes and running all over them, it was just a sight to see. They have a track team, and Tyreek Hill has an element and a speed that no other NFL player right now can reach, and that's what makes them so dangerous with the ball in his hands. And then you have Waddle on the opposite side, who's fast as well in his own right. So, as long as Tua can stay healthy right. and keep, keep away from making turnovers, that offense is going to go a long way. And that defense, you know, they need to play uh, better. The Chargers had uh, their way rushing the football, and they mm. scored over 30 points on them. So the defense needs to improve, especially uh, their run defense and their ability to get after the pass there. But if that defense can kind of, you know, tread water and hold teams under, you know, around that 20-25 point mark, that offense is surefire and very potent with Tua, Tyreek Kill, and Jalen Waddle.
0: Final question for you. Kansas City lost their first game. Cincinnati lost their first game. Any concern about those two teams, or do you think they'll bounce back and be just fine?
7: Oh, man, this is a tough one because I am concerned that the Chiefs do not have a number one wide receiver. We all mm. know they lost Tyreek Hill, but I believe the loss of Juju Smith-Schuster also hurts the team as well because he was their number one wide receiver last year. Only two players had over 100 targets for the Chiefs and that was Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith-Schuster last year. They lost him. They don't have a number-one wide receiver who can separate from coverage. So we'll see if a player can emerge and become that, but right now that is a glaring weakness on their team. And for the Cincinnati Bengals, they have notoriously started slow with Joe Burrow. Uh, This week it gets no easier with the Baltimore Ravens. It's going to be a a very, very uh, good game up there in Cincinnati. So I'm a little bit concerned with the Bengals but I think I'm overall more concerned with the Chiefs because they do not have a number one wide receiver in their roster.
0: I know I said that was a final question, but I'm up here at Buffalo Wild Wings, and I looked up at the screen right here, and I saw Coach Prime in uh, Colorado. <laughs> Got to ask you, man, what have you thought? What's been your early returns on the 2-0 and start from Colorado and what uh, Coach Prime has been able to do?
7: I love what I see from Deion <laughs> Sanders. If I was a, a you know a teenager – Looking to play Division One football, Colorado will be at or near the top of my list if I would want to play for Deion Sanders, Coach yep. Ryan. That yep. He has that program rolling.
0: Yeah, he does. I would, I. would. You know what you just said is exactly my same thoughts. I would do the same exact thing, and I think a lot of youngsters coming up would want to do the same thing. So he's got that thing rolling, and uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch. Well, Tyler, great stuff as always, my man. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, so I'll be at the uh, 49ers and Rams game, and I'll have a
7: column coming from uh, SoFi Stadium. And if you go on usatoday.com today, I have an analysis piece on last night's Thursday night football game between uh, the Eagles and the Vikings. So check that out. That's already online.
0: No doubt. We'll definitely do that. Enjoy the game this weekend, my man. It's always great catching up with you. I appreciate you. We'll talk soon. All
7: right. Have a good weekend.
0: All right. You too, my man. Tyler Dragon right there, USA Today Sports with us here. Scatter things NFL as we are at Buffalo Wild Wings, Hualapai, and Flamingo. You can't miss it. There's plenty of room for you to come on in here and spread your wings and uh, have yourself a cold beverage of 12 and get ready for the weekend. And we've got all kind of prizes here on the table from cups to koozies to T-shirts to tickets. Whatever you want you got. You ain't got to do nothing but come on by and say what up. No hoops. You got to jump through. All you got to do is come on by, say what up, though, and we're going to hook you up. Just like that. 3.46 is the time. We'll come back, get some calls, get some texts, Here from head coach Josh McDaniels. Again, Buffalo Wild Wings, wallapie and Flamingo with Radio Nation Radio 920.
2: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness, live at Buffalo Wild Wings with your boy Q.
0: We are at Buffalo Wild Wings, wallapie and Flamingo. All we need is you. Dr. Jen is in the building. Dr. Andy's in the building. Woo, woo. Jason's in the building. Vice Raiders in the building. All we need is you to be in the building. Come hang out with us. Start your weekend off the right way early, man. The work is so overrated. I honestly, you, you, you know, I say that all the time. Work's overrated. I go in and tell my job how overrated work is. I go in Natalie's office. I'm like, Natalie, you know work's overrated, right? And she's like, yeah, Q, get to work. <laughs> it's like, all right, that's cool. But it is overrated because it's Friday. No, just kidding. But. Come on out, hang out with us, man. We got all kinds of prizes that we're giving out. And uh, we just want to hook you up, man. Get you ready for this uh, Raider football game coming up on Sunday. And what better way to do it than a Raider Nation Radio 920 t shirt, a couple cups. We got some koozies, and we got tickets to all kinds of events around town. So, again, just come on by, say what's up, and we'll get you taken care of in a major way. Definitely want to hear from you at 702 365 9200. We got some winning coming up. As a matter of fact, in just a couple minutes, gonna get you uh going to get you a Raiders prize pack. Going to get you in to win two tickets to the Raiders-Steelers game at Allegiant, thanks to Boyd Gaming. We're going to do that before 4 o'clock. And if you look at the clock and see it, it's 3.53 right now. So I'm not the smartest dude in the world, but you know I'm going to ask for call number nine. So I'm just saying, if I was you, I'd probably start getting ready to dial the phone because we're going to be taking care of this in a matter of seconds. But before we do that, I did want to hit the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r How about El Paso Raiders? It says, q it was good. If we... Want to change the way we talk down and look at us, we need to start winning. Oh, they talk. Okay. If we want to change the way they talk down and look at us, we need to start winning. Got to earn it. The Raiders always crap the bed when they're in position to make a statement. If this is a new team, then they go out and they get that W and start turning heads. Raiders, here's your chance. Don't lay an egg. Q, we know how it goes as lifelong Raider fans. God bless. Have a good weekend. That's El Paso Raider. I couldn't have said it better myself. They have an opportunity right now to make a statement because nobody – and I know Kimberly Martin and, you know, Chris Sims and, you know, a couple other people picked the Raiders to win the game. I get it. And I know my guy in Denver, you know, Raider Dave, might have picked them to, to win. But for the most part, the majority of everyone picked the Bills to win. Hell, I picked the Bills to win, right? But if you want to make a statement, you want everyone to look and say, okay, wait, hold on. That team in Vegas is for real. That wasn't a bad Denver team that they beat. They're just a good, they're just a good Raider team. Okay. Because that's, right now that's the narrative. Oh, well, Denver's not a good team. Sean Payton's got a lot of work to do. They made mistakes, right? I mean, that, that's the narrative right now. And who knows what's going to happen. If the Raiders win on Sunday, maybe it's, well, you know, Josh Allen's really bad. Well, the Bills aren't as good as we thought it was. Maybe that's the case. But there's enough people that are smart enough to know if the Raiders go into Buffalo and win this game on Sunday, it's because they beat a good Bills team. Just bottom line. There will be some naysayers that will never give the Raiders credit. There will always be a reason why. But for the most part, I think you're spot on. I think that you go out there, you win this game on Sunday, you have an opportunity to make that statement, make that statement. Now, the problem is if you don't go and win and all of a sudden you get embarrassed or something like that, or maybe they do win by the nine-plus points, you know, the point spread that they have out there. Then all of a sudden it's like, see, see, just they are who we thought they were, right? So they really need to go out there and have a really good showing. Again, it's not a game, as I was just talking to Dr. Jen and Dr. Andy, it's not a game the Raiders cannot win. They definitely can it's not one of those I look at the schedule and i like, yeah, there's no chance. There's not. And honestly, looking at the schedule this year, and I know it's only been one week, I don't see that game. Even Kansas City, I think they're flawed. We all know they're flawed. We saw them lose the first game of the season to Detroit. And I know a lot of people think Detroit's a really good team. I think Kansas City should have done a better job on banner-raising night in their house, first game of the season. They took an L. So we'll see what happens this week against Jacksonville. They take another L, then all of a sudden, hold on, look out. People talk about the Chargers all the time. They're so great. They haven't done anything. Last thing they did is, well, they lost to Miami, and before that they lost in the playoffs after, after being up 27 points. 3.55 is the time we'll come back, get to your calls, get to your texts, and we'll get to some sound from Patrick Graham and head coach Josh McDaniels. We'll do it next here on Red Edition Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.